Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen, and thank you for joining me. Today is so beautiful outside. It's warm. We have all of the doors and windows open in our house, and it's just like nice, fresh, warm air flowing through, and it's glorious. And the leaves on the trees are coming out and I got to have a day yesterday all to myself and it was magnificent uh our friends um so we got to bubble with two friends uh dear friends and they took the kids yesterday for the whole day it was just incredible I got to just do things that I wanted to do and like not like it like pause when I wanted to pause and it was just it was a nice reset and it was funny <laughs> it was funny how like I I soaked in every minute of it I mean I soaked it all in but also it was funny because once I dropped the kids off I was kind of like thinking about something and I was like oh this is how this one this kid would react and then it was like oh I miss them <laughs> it was like 20 minutes after I dropped them off but whatever I I would take that as a good sign uh this week was definitely uh, a better week for all of us I think we've I, I mean just being able to go out like being able to go out and see some other friends like see some friends was so oh just perfect and wonderful and we got to go to a park and uh just like watched the sunset on a river and it was just perfect uh I did find that um so this course that I've been taking it's called how to wild which I know is a little I mean I don't know no just personally speaking when I heard the title of it and all that kind of stuff it definitely intimidated me because it's not like anything that I would normally do but it has been an extraordinary extraordinary experience and I found though that the last week I was um, pulling away from it and it was because I accidentally missed like the last zoom call of the course I didn't realize that it was that there was one more and due to just how everything worked out I ended up missing it and then once I realized that I missed it I beat myself up for it but it was like I tried to like I initially kind of was like yeah I kind of beat myself up but then lot tried to just kind of like logically reason with myself of why it wasn't that big of a deal that I missed it instead of really allowing myself to just like feel a disappointment and then like talk to the people in the course about how I didn't actually intentionally miss the last call and that you know I was feeling sad about it instead of doing that I was deciding to just withdraw which is a thing that I do I've realized that when I feel like I've messed up on something then I'm just kind of I just take myself out of it because it's like well you no longer deserve to be here and um I've made I've made progress on that in other areas of my life but I'd realized through this that I still have I still have that tendency and I was able to um, recognize that I was doing that it was actually through a conversation that I had with my husband Sean and he was just kind of like just like go and just talk to them like that's what they're there for and so anyway I ended up um, going into the group chat that we have and saying exactly what happened 
and expressing how I felt really horrible about it. And then I like I ended up crying a lot and it was kind of mixed in like the emotions of that were mixed in. But it was also like last week was an anniversary of a death of someone very young in my family. And so I was mourning that, but also not really no, I'm still like kind of like figuring out how like it was one of those things where it was like I thought that I knew how to like more like deal with it in a healthier way but there's still like I just do tend to stuff things down and then don't I don't allow myself to feel it and then when I don't feel it then I'm like oh I guess I'm doing better <laughs> so it was a lot of stuff that just kind of came out and it felt so good afterwards because it was like I all of a sudden allow my body to open up again and I wasn't because I, I numb myself one thing that I do is just I work and I move to numb myself and it was really wonderful to uh, recognize that I was doing that and then actually work to to undo it and I'm you know everything everything that comes to healthy habits and and those kinds of things it's, it is all about uh, practice every day and so I'm still working on trying to fit in that time to allow myself to get into the feelings and allow myself to feel them uh, every day so that I can not go numb again and it's uh bumpy it's been a bumpy challenge because I just don't do that every day yet but um but even though I'm not doing it every day I am still doing it and I am definitely noticing the benefits of it so ultimately it's been really good and it's been really nice because I realized that while I have definitely labeled myself as somebody who's very much into emotions and that what it feels like and all that kind of thing, I also realized that I tend to really be in my head and really get caught up in thinking things through and thinking about a feeling instead of just feeling the feeling, which it's like, you know, each part has its own its own role to play a feel is a feeling is to be felt a thought is to be thought <laughs> like uh, and um and so on so I guess that was one of my bigger lessons from this week and it was very uh it was very beneficial oh and now I have a little one that's a little scared so here, oh, and come here for a second. Just wait one minute. Be nice and quiet. I'm gonna just finish my intro, okay? Okay, so I got to do an interview actually today with Lindsay Umla. She is a co-host with Sarah of the Mumgasm podcast. And if you haven't checked this podcast out, you need to. These two are changing the way that we do things. It's like... Uh, it's the questions they ask the questions that we need to be asked and it makes you uncomfortable and that's the point <laughs> and that's Owen making some yeah thank you buddy so it's important and you you do check them out just check them out so I got to have a conversation with Lindsay and we talked about body image and she asked me some tough questions she's a very insightful person 
And every time I have a conversation with her, I walk away feeling much lighter and feeling heard and feeling like empowered. She has that ability and it's amazing. So I loved this conversation. I've done a podcast with her once before. I loved doing another one with her. And um, if and you definitely need to, yes, check out her, her Momgasm podcast. And also just go check her out on social media. It's Lindsay umla rhn i believe i also do the tag for her in the podcast so um anyway she asks questions she respectfully presents her her views and it's i feel very much like it's um like i feel respected when i talk with her but i also know that I'm being led into who she is and what she thinks and I have a lot of respect for that so you're going to enjoy this conversation and all of you I hope that you've been able to have like another family that you can bubble with Um, to all of you workers who are out there helping us keep going in so many ways like you know who you are Thank you. Thank you for helping keep us safe. Thank you for helping uh, our province, our country to keep going. And um, we just, we obviously, we can't survive without you. So thank you. All right, everybody. Enjoy the conversation with Lindsay. posts and stuff too I'm I'm actually a bit obsessed with your account thank you (laughs) that's I'll 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 take that Um, not that I want anybody to be obsessed with anything because that's a whole thing in itself but I appreciate good point that you are inspired by my content yeah and you know I uh so this is the thing that I've noticed about myself lately I tend to get like I think Uh, I think obsessed might be the right word for it. I'd get, I'll get like obsessed with something, um, but it lasts like a week and then it's like, it never existed. So I should not have used that word with your account because, um, that's not what I do with your account. It's more like whenever I just see something that comes up, I'm just like, yes, like, what does she have to say? Because like, because honestly, like at the beginning, your stuff scared me. I, oh yeah, that and that doesn't surprise me because I feel like a lot of people have that reaction to a lot of what I share. Yeah, and I love it because I just think like that—that that is how it inspires change. You know, you need to you like when it when it comes to needing that positive change, you need to have that shock, mm. and then and then bring attention to the fact that yeah, the thing that shocks you, this is actually normal and okay. Mm. And it's, I find for me, anytime I have that shock experience, I have two choices. I can put my defenses up and I can be like, no, this is wrong. This is terrible. How could anybody ever think like this, exist like this, move in their world like this? Or I can make the choice to kind of stop and then go inwards and say, what is it about this that's triggering me? What 
why do I feel this visceral reaction Mm. to what it is that I'm seeing or what it is that I'm hearing? And is there something that I might be holding on to that's not actually serving me? Or do I have an opportunity to stand further in my conviction? So it's when we soften and when we kind of pull ourselves back and recognize that we're being triggered, it's the option to either deepen in conviction of yes, no, this, this isn't right for me. This doesn't work for me. This does go against my values or, oh shit, I'm actually holding on to a value system that isn't in alignment with who I really am. Uh, yeah, I, that's, it's interesting how I've heard this kind of idea so many times, but you have to hear it so many times in order to understand, like in order to start to understand that there's so many layers to it. Mm, Oh my God. So many layers. And I mean, a self love journey in itself, which is essentially what I'm advocating for every single day is a massive journey. It's, I feel a lot of us have this misconception, especially with how, um, a lot of kind of self-love and body positivity accounts are out there where it's this, oh, I just wake up one day, I make this decision, and then suddenly everything is hunky-dory. Mm. No, it's it's continuously choosing to do the work every single day to dismantle the belief systems that you've had for probably your entire life. Yes. Yes. It's not something that's going to just switch. Nope. It, and it, I've, I've really started to realize lately that it is very much a physical practice. Oh my God. Yes. You, you can't, it's, it's physical, it's emotional and it's mental and spiritual. Like it's, it's all of the things like you can't just program your brain to believe that your body is good. You can't just solely feel your body and be like, all right, it's a body, it's a flesh suit, that's fine. And you can't, you have to merge these together and bring presence and awareness into your physical body and bring feelings and emotions into it. It's a lot, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I've uh, realized again, just like over the last, like, I think that it's actually been quite a journey for me to arrive here, but the last like month and a half, has been like all of a sudden things have started to just kind of rush together and start to kind of click together. Mm. And I realized that I've spent, like, I really spent a lot of my energy thinking through it. Yeah. So it's just like the mental stuff and I've disregarded the importance of the physical and emotional stuff, which is funny because I've always been like um, described as an emotional person. I always really believed myself to be an emotional person. Mm. But it's more like I have spent all this time mentally adjusting what my emotions should be. It's like I kind of like obsessed and and like I obsess and just kind of like sort through emotions. But it's because like I'm trying to understand what emotions are. Mm. And you can't like allow myself to feel them. Yeah. And you can't like there isn't my belief is that there isn't a whole lot of logic behind feeling. And Mm -hmm. when we can start to recognize our feelings as feelings instead of trying to put a story or um, a band-aid or alter them and just allow them to be and sit with them there 
there's this really beautiful thing that happens where you learn how to truly have grace for yourself. So it's, if I can create a space where I can embody and like physically manifest what it is that I'm feeling in my body and move through it and be with it without trying to dampen it, without trying to change it, without trying to correct it into what I logically think it should be, I start to create this loving relationship where I'm accepting all parts of myself, no longer just accepting those that are societally okay. Yeah. And so this post that you made today, so <laughs> for the, so for the listeners, um, actually, I'm going to go find it because I want to read part of it. Lindsay and I planned, like, we just decided 20 minutes ago that we were going to be doing this podcast. Something like that. It was pretty, it was pretty spur of the moment. And it worked out beautifully because I, I mean, it's been almost two months of exclusive being home with two kids who are not mm. always home all the time to the bubble being extended, which means they can now go to my mother-in-law's. And today, this wow. afternoon, they are at my mother-in-law's. Oh, oh congratulations. Thank I'm you. so happy for you. Oh, me I, too. Uh, yeah, we extended our bubble with two of our close friends. Nice. Uh, Greg and Rachel are their names. And they, so two days ago, Rachel called me and she was like, we're in the city. Cause they, they just bought a house in Bridgewater, which they're working on. So they're spending most of their time out there and eventually they'll move out there. Cool. But on Tuesday, she called and she's like, we're in the city. She's like, how do you feel about me taking the kids tomorrow? Angel. She's an angel sent from heaven, from from the special sparkly, especially sparkly part of heaven. And she took the kids and she was just like, drop them off as early as you want. She's like, honestly, just like. Once they wake up, bring them over. Yeah. Like, and she actually said that she's like six, seven, eight, whatever, just bring them over. So, um, the kids, so my middle child sleeps in. So I was up at seven and, uh, the two other kids were up and we were just kind of like waiting for Jackson to wake up. (laughs) And then eventually we just like, all right, buddy, this isn't working. (laughs) this feels yeah. very similar to to kind of our morning. It's it's like when you know that they're going somewhere, there's this like awkward, weird waiting period where it's like mm-hmm. they know where they're going. You know where they're going to go. Like some of them might be excited and ready. And then the other one is like, I'm just going to sleep for like a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're killing me. And yeah. then I woke him up and then I was like, do you know what today is? And then he's just like psyched and on board. And that always goes. helps. Yeah. <laughs> so that always helps but there's still like that aggravation where you're just like can we just get to the car like oh, yeah. i just want to be in the car now i don't want it to take for like it takes 15 minutes it's like just put your shoes on oh, yeah. just put your shoes on oh the joys of wrangling multiple bodies to get <laughs> to a destination <laughs> oh you want to talk about grace <laughs> <laughs> yeah not and an area <laughs> Not an area where I usually have a lot of grace, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, and like when you're when you're feeling as desperate as what we've gotten to, mm-hmm. like not having that 
break for months. Like, no hint of a break for months. Yep. It's just like, ugh. Oh, and okay. Um, I also just want to shout out my neighbors. Okay, for a second. Yeah. Darren and Monica, they listen. So they're across the street. They are the best neighbors. And for so two of our kids have had birthdays during the quarantine. And every morning they have a huge sign that they've made wishing the child a happy birthday. Oh my and God. then they've arranged a like dance party outside for like the neighbors. Yeah. To like make the kids feel special. And then they were listening to my most recent podcast and I mentioned wanting to do puzzles and I didn't have any. So they brought me a whole bunch of puzzles. Oh my God. <laughs> These are like oh, some the best. quality neighbors. Yes. Oh yeah. My goodness. Yeah. So I think that if we ever move, we're just gonna take them with us. That's a really good plan. I support cool. that plan. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to do that. Okay. And now I found your post. You found it. My big old middle finger post. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And that was when I was just like, I need to talk to Lindsay. So it's yeah so it's a picture go to Lindsay's Instagram it's Lindsay umla r h n and you need to read her posts she is a person who is changing how it's like she's actually helping bring the wake wake you up to all of these restrictions that you're placing on yourself and then all of a sudden you're realizing oh that discomfort that i've been feeling i actually it's because of this and uh so i adore you and i think that yeah you're doing like just like you're freaking kicking ass so thanks friend you're welcome and also Lindsay has the momgasm podcast which you yeah baby how is that going it's going really well um it's been really fucking weird uh the last two months like it's been hard to find our stride in how to exist and record and produce content when we can't be in the same room anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's like, we don't even have the option of me just being like, Oh, I'll do a podcast on my own and it's fine. And it's been a really, really interesting adjustment process to hold the same kind of energy or feeling for at least us as the podcasters yeah, uh, in producing the show when we can't be in the same physical space together. So it's definitely been whew, an adjustment, but it's still super fun. It's still amazing. We're still getting some some rad stuff out there and, okay, and exploring really, really cool conversations. Like we just had a conversation with a local sex worker, which was really, really amazing. I saw the post for that. Oh, it was good. It was a really good yeah, one. Yeah, I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, I mean, the, probably aren't around. <laughs> probably a good idea. Uh, one, one thing that's hmm. funny is we've, I've realized that like our listenership is down a little bit. And I truly believe that it's because moms don't have the option of like going on a long drive anymore or getting away from their kids or just like popping earbuds in and disappearing. I'm like, it's okay, friends. You'll catch up. I feel you. I know where you're at right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that is exactly what's happening. Oh, man. Jeff, Jeff, for moms. Jeff and I also did an episode re- recently, which was really, really good. We've done a few together and it's always, again, it's, it's similar to what I would be doing in pushing the boundaries of what's comfortable for people, but doing so 
in our relationship. So not being afraid to have all of the conversations that society is often like, whoa, yeah. that's a no. <laughs> yeah, so that's oh, that's so amazing. That's how like, I, and I know that listening to conversations like that for me, like that's how I'm finally like, oh, these feelings, I'm, I'm allowed to have them and mm. I'm allowed to, it's like, even though ultimately we don't need permission to be ourselves and to think what we think and that kind mm. of thing, we kind of, uh, society's construction in a way where we kind of do need that permission. Whether we need the permission or not, we're seeking it. Ah, yeah. It's There's that comfort value in feeling like you have the green light to do something, which again yeah. is one of the reasons that I am so overtly out there to give people that permission to even take a baby step. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's mm. what it is. I'm going to read your post now. Do it. All right. Fuck the narrative that says you aren't good enough, strong enough, thin enough, pretty enough, smart enough, fit enough, anything enough. Here's a revolutionary truth for you this morning. There is no enough. That was like, yes. So there's no value system when it comes to the truth of being in our bodies and existing as a person. We simply are, and that in itself is more than enough. It's about time we stop letting these BS narratives rob us from the joy of being. So flip the bird and start embodying the truth that you will never and can never be compared to someone else. That your mere existence, breath, body, and life is more than enough. Ugh. Taking you to church. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a picture of Lindsay on her bed giving the finger. <sighs> yeah. It's, and it made me go down this path. When I was reading that, it made me think of this struggle that I've been having that I've actually had since, I don't know, it's, I think it's been a few years now where I'm, and but I've only just really started to realize that it actually is like a thing mm. where I feel like a lot of my identity is placed on being thin mm -hmm. because I like, oh, and like, I mean, I think every woman can agree with this. I mean, like. But like ever since I was a kid, like I was a scrawny kid, like I was very scrawny and it was praised a lot. And that was like the thing that I was praised for. I, people thought that I was stupid because I was like really uh, in my head mm. because it was like a, a way of protecting myself because of what was going on at home. And then, so it was like, people don't think that I'm smart. I had like issues with friends. They like wanted, like they actually, I had friends tell me this one time um, I had in grade seven, which is like middle school, like that was the start of middle oh, school for wasn't me. Wasn't grade seven the fucking worst? It's the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. It and is so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. That's when kids are like, they're at their meanest because yeah. they're trying to figure themselves out. And the only way that they know how to like be cool yeah. or enough is by pushing other people down. Yeah. Well, and it's like, 
any, any time we're scared, we seek for a way to, to gain power, to feel powerful. So mm. if I can push somebody further down, then that means I'm higher up. And therefore that means I must be doing something good in my life because I don't have to deal with the fear or the pain or the discomfort that I feel in my body that is rapidly changing because hormones are lovely. Hormones. Yeah, they're the best. So I, in grade seven, my friends that I had like grown up with, like through like elementary school gathered around me. And then one of my friend's older sisters stood there and she spoke for the group and she said, these girls don't want to be your friend anymore. (laughs) And it was just like, and so it, and like, I already felt like a loser and I, and like, and so that, and that was just kind of the narrative that I played to myself, you know, I'm a loser, blah, blah, blah. And like, mm. I spent a lot of my time, like in elementary school in this like corner of the school, just like with my head between my knees, like sitting in this corner uh, at recess with my head between the knees, my knees, just staring at the ground. And, um, but you know, like there were definitely other kids that definitely made me feel really good about myself and were good friends, but you're always trying to like, kind of push yourself, even from that age, you're trying to push yourself into this, like this, uh, mold of what would be acceptable to the people around you. And Mm. so, but the thing that was always no doubt praised was how thin I was. I was thin. And so, um, and then like, after I had kids, I got really thin again And like, for the record, like, let's just be straight here. I got really thin because I was so depressed Mm. that I couldn't eat. Okay. That's why I got so thin. I was so depressed. I was exercising a lot because I was trying to get the endorphins to help me basically feel like I didn't want to die. Mm. And, and then I, and I didn't eat very much. That's why I got super thin. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't good. Mm. and so I'd be asked what my secret was and it's just kind of like oh crippling depression (laughs) yeah and it's also like thank you for the reminder to be more neurotic about my body image this is really helpful yes yeah not helpful but it's praised and uh and so now um over the last few years uh, we've had like some big things happen in our family like pretty like um uh, sad things, like, uh, Mm -hmm. devastating things. And so like loss, like unexpected loss. And I drank to Mm. like, and it wasn't like, um, let me think. It wasn't like, uh, drank myself to obliteration every day. It was just that I would like, especially like when I went back to see my family and like kind of grieve together, I drank a lot of like sugary drinks and whatever to like, kind of like, you're just trying to numb yourself a little Mm. so that you can just kind of get through. And I gained a bunch of weight from it and then went home and didn't exercise. So it was just kind of like everything piled on. And then all of a sudden it was like, I realized that I wasn't that thin person. I was like, I, that I identified with. Mm. And then, and it's been something that I've struggled really hard with since then. So like about mm-hmm. a year. I can imagine. I, it's the thing that's really, well, there are many things that are very hard. Like you fucking spelled it out beautifully. Like the, the, the obsession that we as a society have on body image as a whole 
is such an immeasurable, immense weight mentally to carry all of the time. And this isn't something that's necessarily only affecting women. It's affecting everyone and every gender. But there is this added pressure that we feel as women to not just be thin, but to also be flat. Like my, I cannot have a protruding belly. Like that is the Mm. worst thing that I could ever have. That is the most offensive thing that I could ever do is to exist in a world where I have a protruding belly. Yes. And it's unreal because majority of, um, individuals who have a uterus who will go on to maybe birth children, probably not going to have a flat belly because guess what? You have a uterus (laughs) and your uterus is constantly changing based on what's going on in your cycle. This is why like you'll have days where you can physically like your, your belly, your lower abdomen will protrude more because of where you are in your cycle. And we've been so conditioned to believe that we need to be this like flat, taut, toned, perky breast, perky ass, Barbie of a person Mm -hmm. that we've completely forgotten the magic of individuality. And the biggest thing that I would love to see is just for people to wake up and stop talking about bodies, to stop projecting their fears, their desires, their comments on other people. Why do we need to comment on somebody's weight, on somebody's appearance, on somebody's size, even if you feel it's a compliment. Like, you don't fucking know what's going on in that person's life. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know if they're dropping weight because they've, I don't know, struggling with depression, for an example. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they've stopped eating again and they're struggling with an eating disorder and that's why they've lost weight. Maybe they're dealing with... uh, a health condition that is completely changing or ravishing their body in some way. Mm. You don't know. You never know what's going on in somebody's life that is changing their body or their appearance of their body or the way that their body navigates in the world. Mm. Our bodies are designed to change. That is one of the magic of our bodies is how resilient and adaptable that they are but we're not giving them permission to do that. Ah, that's so beautifully put. And I was actually just thinking about this morning, I was thinking about how, uh, yeah, how our bodies are designed to change. And I can't remember where I um, initially read that concept, but I do remember that feeling of it blowing my mind Mm. a little, which it's funny because it's like, that should be something that we know from the get-go. Right? Well, it's like, if you think about it, from the time you are conceived, not even from the time you're born, but from the time you are conceived, you are changing at a rapid rate. When, like, we never stop changing. We eventually reach a point where the rate at which we're changing will slow because we've reached adulthood and things slow down, but we're still changing. We're still aging. There's still things that are happening within our life that will ultimately affect our body, whether we're emotionally eating, whether we are like using food as comfort, whether we're using food as medicine, whether we are 
um, going through a period of life where we are using exercise to support our mental well-being or just move our bodies because it's fun to move our bodies. That's going to have an effect on your body. If you go on to have children, that's going to have a dramatic, drastic effect on your body and your body is going to completely change, Mm. but it's going to continue changing and it's never going to stop changing even after you're dead. Oh. Then stop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What? You just like blew my mind again. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't stop changing even after you die. Well, that's startling. Right? But like but like yeah. Wh- whether you are cremated and you are now ash and then your ashes are I don't know, dumped in the ocean or put in a pot somewhere or put in the earth, like you mm-hmm. are now just a pile of nutrients that will give back to the whatever is around you and contribute to some life cycle and growth cycle. If you are buried, you're still gonna keep decomposing. Your body is still fundamentally changing. It doesn't stop. Okay, and there was a thing that you just said there where you said that you're going to continue to, what was it, give to those around you, like to um, provide nutrients for your growth? And that can be something that you continue, that is also something that you do throughout your entire existence. Mm-hmm. Which I just wanted to put that in there because that also blew my mind. Especially if you, if you contribute to parenthood and if you're somebody who births a human or nurses a human, like mm. you are giving not only of your time, your energy, your hard work, but physically your body. Mm. Like, mm. whoa. So for me, the thing that I'm always advocating for is I want to create a space and a conversation where we give ourselves permission to be so present with our body that we can appreciate and respect the changes because it's not going to stop changing. Mm. Yeah, that is gorgeous. But it's hard. Yeah, it is. It's hard. Because the large narrative that we get for our entire adult existence, if not Mm -hmm. sooner, is you need to stay the same, you need to stay within this lane, or you don't have value, and that's bullshit. But there's a reason that we all feel that, because it is a message that is being conditioned into us from the beginning. Yeah, and... And it's fascinating how, like, looking back through history, a woman's role, like, has changed, but it's always, there's been a consistent uh, aspect to it, which is, like, okay, so, like, the whole housewife, so I'm only going back 50-ish years, but, like, yes, the the housewife, so you're taking care of the house, everything's in order, you're perfectly thin and fit and everything, and you don't age, and just stay prim and proper until the day you die. Finally, women start to get more independence and we can work outside the house, the household, and we can have other projects that we're doing it. So we can be mothers and wives, take care of the house, do the job, but we also need to be thin and prim and proper and look young and be that way until the day we die. It's like Mm. we can like gain these other things, but you got to stay fit. Like you got to stay good looking uh, in the way that society says that is good looking so that you can be 
really effective because, you know, in the middle of taking care of the children and helping keep the house in order and doing like working your ass off at your job and, you know, contributing to a partnership, like, of course, everyone can fit time in for working out and doing their Pilates. Like, <laughs> what is- totally, totally. It's what I do. It's what I do instead of eating at lunch. It's great. <laughs> and I'm going to just have this little green smoothie. Uh, no, take out, no, sugar free yogurt. <laughs> no. I can't. No. And yet that's like the thing that I'm like, oh, I got to do that. You know, like, right? right? Yeah. And it's, I mean, even well into like over a decade of connecting to my body and getting intimate with my body and getting comfortable in my body and getting comfortable in my body in the outside world and advocating for my body and taking up space. I still have days where I'm like, oh, you've been eating a lot of chips there, Lens. That's, uh, that's a lot of chips you got going on. Oh, mm. oh feeling a little, feeling a little puffy. What's going on? Should we uh, maybe uh, not eat chips for a while? Should we restrict? Should we hold back? And I'm like, oh, okay. I recognize this. I remember what this is from. This mentality isn't serving me. I honor that I want to eat some chips. And that served me in the moment. Now I get to make a choice. Is eating chips tonight going to serve me? Is this what I really truly want? Is this for my highest good, if it is, sweet, shit, I'm going to enjoy some chips. If not, great, maybe I eat an apple instead. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging myself. I'm not questioning myself. I'm not beating myself into submission or choosing the apple because I think it's going to somehow increase my value. It's refining the why am I choosing this or why, why do I crave this thing and what is going to serve me most? Do I need a bit of emotional comfort right now? Because if I do, that's okay. But I'm recognizing it and I'm, I'm connected to that. And I'm giving myself that grace and leading into it. Or maybe have I reached a point in my life where maybe I need to look into what's going to physically nourish me a little bit more. Because my right. body is getting tired. Because my poops are maybe not as good as I'd like them to be. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's important. It is important. We don't talk about it. We don't. And being, being, uh, having a history of being a registered holistic nutritionist, I'm like, uh, we got to talk about poops, friends, because that's very important. So maybe the apple is going to benefit me more. Maybe my colon is going to like praise me for eating a little bit more fiber. And that's what I need in that moment. So mm. it's like cultivating this awareness without obsession. Yeah. And having the grace and the respect for not just your body, but also yourself to choose what you truly need in that moment and be okay with that and accept that your body is always changing, always. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. I found that like since the quarantine started, I, so at the beginning, I actually couldn't exercise because I was having some lung issues. I got Mm. tested for COVID. It wasn't that it was just like a bad infection that had started in November and never really went away. Yeah. So it was like, and so it was to the point where like, I just couldn't really breathe very well. And so of course I couldn't exercise. And I, uh, so I was getting into the, I was trying to get myself more used to just how my body was. And so Mm. I was having baths every day 
And it was like, that was a way that I could just like relax and enjoy myself, take a break. And then every time I got in, I would notice that nice belly belly, like coming out of the water. Yep. Like, little mount stomach, mount tummy. <laughs> I got mount titties and mount tummy, though the titties are usually <laughs> flat unless I'm like perfectly balanced where there's buoyancy and the water is holding them. It's great. And those are the moments where I'm like, oh, remember when I didn't take time to appreciate when they actually looked like this? Damn, glad I appreciate them now. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's a buoyancy. It you is. Know, mine don't, um, they don't, they're not big enough to be buoyancy. You know, oh, they're just like, you know. I doubt that. I have, if you have never skinny dipped in water, like full water, like a lake or an ocean, uh, or a pool where like you're completely submerged up to your neck, you'd be surprised. I promise you they will be buoyant. All right. You know what? I'm doing it. I'm it's one of my favorite it. feelings. It's one of my favorite feelings. It's one of the reasons I love skitty dipping so much because I just love being in water and like being able to play with how buoyant my body can be. It's ah. really fun. It's been like, I've gone skinny dipping before. It's been years one of my favorite things i'm trying to think about when i can make that happen <laughs> yes you're like tonight <laughs> we're doing it um but yeah i spent a lot of time in that bathtub looking at my stomach and just being like and trying to just be like like yeah it's okay like you haven't mm. like you've been sick and you've been recovering and you've been like and it's a quarantine like things are really stressful and like it's okay this is what your body's doing to take care of you like it's mm. okay and I found that it did, it did start making a difference. And then I was able to start to work out again. And every day before I stepped into the shower, I'd look in the mirror and be like, it's okay, you're making progress. Like, and it's okay. Like, this is okay. But then I found when I finally like could go out, like went out again, there was like, so I'd reached a certain level of being okay with my body when I was at home. Mm. And, um, but then when I went out, it was like, this thought that actually goes through my head. And so it's when I go out and see people that I, that I know and that I've known for a few years, the thought that goes through my head is they're going to notice that I've changed. Like they're mm. going to that I'm not as thin. Like, you know? So can I ask you a question? Yes. What scares you the most about that? That they're going to think that, okay, well, let me think. I'm going to talk through this. Yeah. And then eventually I'll actually get to like the root of it. So initially what I think is that they'll be, that they'll, that they'll notice and they'll be like, wow, like Ruth isn't taking as good a care of herself. She's not as pretty as she used to be. I don't desire her as much as I used to. Um, I think it is like, uh, because I, look different there's going to be conversation after the visit of like wow Ruth like let herself go and she like looks really like she's chubbing up and it's like it'll make it so that I'm less likely to hmm it's like I feel like it will like affect the friendship like it will affect the way that they look at me and it'll be like, they'll think like they don't want to 
it's like they'll start thinking negatively about me. Mm. Is that, is it really about what they'll think about you or is it what you're thinking about yourself? Now it's like, when you ask that question, there's like that part of me that's like, the answer is it's about what you think about yourself. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but I'm like trying to like figure, like I'm trying to actually like really like ask right. me, myself that question. Like right. I know like the right answer. It's like, it's about me. It's about, I think about right. myself. That's, I have to change. <laughs> <sighs> I feel like there's also that like resistant part of yourself that's like, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. There, it totally is. <laughs> I also have one me? of those. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just about them. <laughs> They're being jerks. Okay. It's not my fault. I'm the victim here. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing so hard, like, because I also, like, that's very, very real for me, like, having that, like, well, no, it's their fault. It's their (laughs) problem. Like, "Mm, but is it really? Is it really? And if, for me, the reason I ask that is because when I, when I come down, when I talk myself off the ledge, (laughs) when I, like, talk myself off the ledge and, like, come back to my truth, at the end of the day, do I care more about what people think about me or more about what I think about myself? Am I more invested in beating myself into a specific narrative so that other people can be comfortable around me? Or am I more invested in living, living a quality life where I feel at peace and at home in my body? Mm. Yeah. Because ultimately the thing that you're going to have to live with is what you think of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, so there's a really, really um, beautiful concept that I have been doing a lot more thinking about and talking about, which is instead of body love, body neutrality. Have you ever heard about body neutrality before? Um, I actually did briefly hear about it. Um, sorry, I'm going to let Picard in. He's like, <laughs> I can hear him like gently pawing at the door. I love it. You just like gently reach back. I was like, what? What's happening? <laughs> I'm like not judging, but all right. So I'm I like, like to put my arm like this sometimes. Just interpretive <laughs> dancing while yeah, talking. Like, it's great. Pretending that I'm in the water, buoyancy. Yes, <laughs> those buoyant boobies. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Uh, so as yeah. you were saying. Yeah, neutrality. I had briefly heard of it, but it was something that when I heard it, I was like, how do you even get there? Yeah. So the reason I bring up body neutrality is because for the majority of us, reaching a state of body neutrality is going to be a lot more accessible than the idea of one day I will be so devoted and in love with my body that I can like wake up every day and like have a Broadway musical about how much I love my body. Like, like a hairspray moment when I get out of bed. Like it's, most of us are not going to be there. I feel like the way that you were expressing that, like the way you're moving your hands and the look on your face is like, you totally, that's what you're doing. You know, like this is your profession. That was amazing. I could see it. And so when you're like, like I'm going to wake up every morning and it's like, but is that the way that you wake up? 
<laughs> no, it's not. Usually, usually it's like, oh god. <laughs> It's a more accurate representation (laughs) in the morning. But the reality for most of us is the idea of like loving and celebrating our body is so far removed from the like self-loathing, fear, discomfort place that many people are. So it's body neutrality is like that middle space. It's when you can get to a point of respecting your body, respecting what it does for you, respecting like internally the systems that are moving and functioning and allow you to breathe and exist and move and do the things that you love to do so recognizing and having that respect for your body and then the neutrality comes in and you're not allowing thoughts about your body to consume you so it's shifting out of the scarcity and trying to control and like keep your body in a specific space or keep it stagnant in the kind of maiden body that many of us have been sold as the body Mm. um and instead choosing to start to dismantle the need to be constantly thinking about your body and instead just I love and respect you thank for thank you for doing what I do what you do for me but instead I'm going to focus on actually like living my life and doing things that I enjoy instead of being trapped in a constant negotiation process or thought process with my body I like that Mm. okay how do you so then what there must be a practice then right like I am relatively new to the idea of body neutrality a lot of what I have taught over the years has been um self-love body love but I feel and again if you're listening to this and you're an expert on body neutrality, please come talk to me. Like, let's have a conversation about this. (laughs) But I feel the practices might be quite similar, but you're just shifting into a space of cultivating deep respect for your body. And for me, a lot of my um, journey with self-love was allowing space for gratitude and respect for my body. So I have um, a specific practice that I teach. I actually can send you the link to like a very Coles Notes 15 minute version that I did at the One Woman conference in April, I want to say two years ago now. Okay. And it was, I was speaking in front of 650 women uh, and one man, there was one guy there, which is pretty cool. (laughs) And um, it, it was, it's essentially a practice. I shared a little bit about my story and how I came to to love or appreciate or just be neutral in a neutral space with my body. Mm. And then I provide a practice that you can do, which is essentially like a grounding meditation where you get into your body and start cultivating those feelings of respect and love. But it starts by you taking the part of your body that you are most insecure about and then bringing all of those feelings, all of those thoughts to the surface and physically writing them down. So when I do this in a really large group, if I'm doing um, it workshop style where I have a full hour to an hour and a half, um, it's one that I do often at the Loving Myself Loudly retreats that I was putting on for a while. I get somebody to write all of these thoughts down onto a sticky note, so onto um, a post-it note. And then I get them to take the post-it note of all of these mean, hateful, horrible things that they've said about their breasts, about their belly, about their thighs, or whatever it is for them, and then put it on the person beside them. So you're taking all of that hate 
all of that venom, all of that toxicity, and then projecting it and physically putting it on the person beside you. And usually the immediate reaction is like, oh, I can't do that. I would never do that. So then don't do it to yourself, boo. <laughs> like, like, really? If if the things that we are saying to ourselves is something that we would never say to our child, to our mother, to our best friend, to a stranger, then you got to change the conversation that you're having. It's this very real moment to like turn the light switch on and recognize how harsh you've been with your words so that you can start to shift. So once we've done that, we'll take it, we burn it, we're like, bye, this is terrible, this is not helpful. <laughs> And then we sit in meditation and I get the people to put their hands on whatever part of their body it was mm -hmm. and then cultivate um, gratitude. So for example, if I would use the, we'll say we'll use my belly. I think that's the one that anytime that I've done this, usually it's 80% of the room has their hands on their belly, which was really cool to see in a room of 600 people. Um, cool and also like sad, but, um, belly, for example, I would use the having kids for me. That's a big one. Like just the fact that my belly was able to stretch, grow and house humans have a period every single month to be in flow is huge for me. I can create life and house life because of my belly. Also, uh, my digestive system. If I didn't have my digestive system, if I couldn't have great poops, I would not be able to go and have great energy and do the things that I love and go in the world and be my ridiculous self. I need to take time to honor and respect and love the digestive system that is within my belly that is working so hard for me every single day. A really, really great one that um, a student of mine and good friend brought up while we were doing this workshop was um, the privilege to eat so that my body can expand, that I am so comfortable and well taken care of financially that I have a full fridge and I can eat. And that one for me, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, wow. So being able to start shifting into uh -huh. that space of like, well, what is this doing for me? What is this allowing for me? Or what comforts have I had in my life that have brought me to this place? Mm -hmm. Can I focus on that? And can I bring more of that appreciation and love into the space? And then we meditate and think about pulling out all of that toxic stuff that we've been saying for years and getting rid of it and then actively refilling the space with that gratitude, appreciation, and love. Oh, gorgeous. Mm. It's, it's like my favorite workshop to do. That, that and my values workshop are like, oh, they give me all the feelings. Have you been able to do these workshops since then, like during the quarantine? I have not. I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've been thinking about um, putting on something um, in, in my kind of writing and mulling and 
trying to find peace for myself within a house of two kids that are always here. Mm-hmm. I have been called to do more workshops and, and share this work again, but I hadn't been able to wrap my head around how that's going to look just yet. But I think, yeah. especially now that I'm able to get a little bit of childcare, mm. um, I'm hoping to probably offer one or both of them as a kind of workshop situation hopefully I'd love to get back to doing retreats again but that that might be a while yeah I want to go on your next retreat though please do it's fun it's 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 fun but it's also like work it's it's work and tears and rawness and vulnerability and magic and one of the reasons that I love doing retreats so much Mm. is not only are you getting kind of like a content condensed accelerated opportunity of growth because you're creating this like perfect environment where you're taking you're completely removing yourself from all of those external messaging systems and your life as you know it so that you can completely drop into an experience and drop into your body and be in a position where everyone is there for a similar goal. Everyone there has a similar story or a complementary story where their sharing and their vulnerability and their breakthroughs help expand and accelerate your own, which is really, really a beautiful space to be in. Oh, yeah. That sounds like something that every human being needs to experience. Hard yes. Hard Mm -hmm. yes. Everyone, I firmly believe that everyone who is interested in growth or even just restoration needs to go on a retreat. For me, it's, it's one of those things where you don't, you will never fully understand the benefit of a retreat until you've been on one and until you've experienced it. And time and time again, in having led retreats for a couple of years and attended retreats for a couple of years, um, it's almost always the people that were so resistant to going for many years that finally do it and then are like light bulb moment, get the impactfulness and importance of it, that they're the first people to sign up the next time that I do it. That's so amazing. It's really great. I always do like a little happiness. I don't know if you know that like meme or whatever it is that it's like every time you support a local business, somebody's doing a happy dance. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's me. That's you. That's me every time. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, being around you has like uh, you've got a good energy. Thanks, friend. Me Even too. when it's like over Zoom. Like looking at your face and your body and the way that you move and express yourself and like you, you've got a good, like it just like brings a lighter, like goodness to it. Thank you. I like, I like to think that I help provide people like a breath of fresh air like that. Mm. Oh fuck. Okay. It is safe to be me. Oh yeah. Yeah, you do. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> I think that, I hope that's the same thing. I'm just, that'll be the same thing for listeners. Oh my gosh. I hope, I hope so. Right? Yeah. I, I love when I'm like so involved in a podcast conversation that sometimes I forget it's a podcast conversation. That's a pod, yeah. <laughs> that was like, that's what just happened. I was like, oh yeah, listeners. Mm-hmm. Just bringing yeah. them along for the ride. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Yeah, it's yeah, the whole the whole self-love body love journey is one that I wish we never had to have. Like I I really deeply firmly wish that it just didn't I I wish I could be out of a job. Like I really do. <laughs> um I would have to get creative and find something else, but I'd be okay with that if it <laughs> meant that this wasn't a thing that we were struggling with that we just were in a world where we all recognize that we have a body and that our bodies are adaptable and transform and that we are more than our body. It, it's, this is not it. This is not the thing um, that defines me. And if you're listening, I'm like gesturing to all of my body. <laughs> yes. She is very effectively gesturing <laughs> to all of her body. But yeah, it, it doesn't, it's not a defining factor. Like this, this is a, such a small part of who you are it holds who you are. Ah, yeah. And it's like, think of all the energy, like brain power and physical energy and time that you spend thinking about your body, dealing with your body, like that you could be using all of that energy to do something that you're really passionate and good at. Mm -hmm. Like you'd be changing the world. Like also just the relief of being free from all consuming thoughts about your body like the amount of weight that is eliminated and lifted off of you when you can truly get to that place where you're no longer thinking about your body 24 7 yeah just live in it and just be like ah mm, here i am yeah and it's it's again like it's not to say that you will never think about your body again, or you'll never doubt your body again, or you'll never fall into those old thought processes, but you will have so much more grace for yourself when you do fall into that. And you're able to move through it a lot more effectively and you don't stay there. You recognize that you don't have to stay there. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That you don't have to stay there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. My God, you're welcome. I love this. This is like, I'm so glad that you asked me to do this. I'm like, yeah, I'm all charged up for the rest of my afternoon now. Oh, that makes me so happy. I'm so happy that this worked out. Thank you. Me too. It was, it was divine timing and it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Totally. Yeah. I'm like, I'm coming into that, like that kind of belief. I guess again, because I used to really be mm. like, oh yeah, things like work out. And, and then I kind of fell out of that for a while. But I think that I'm starting to kind of like get back into like, they just kind of do seem to like those things that are meant to be, they find a way to kind of slip in or work out or. Yep. Every time, Mm. every time. And even, excuse me, even the, the things that we sometimes wish weren't oftentimes Mm -hmm. we will look back and be like, Oh fuck. I get it now. Mm -hmm. I see how that served me now. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think Amen I was talking. And hallelujah. I, I think I was talking <laughs> about my my heart condition or something, or I referenced it in a post recently, and I was mm. saying like it's it's something that I do not wish on anybody. It's not something that I would ever wish for myself, but I am so grateful for the amount of like depth and compassion that it's given me and the ability to be empathetic to those who are struggling and to live with my heart wide open. Like I, I don't think I would be where I am today or doing the things that I do today if I didn't have 
all of that struggle and all of that vulnerability and all of that medical trauma and so on and so forth. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're a beautiful person. Thank you. You too. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And oh my gosh, enjoy the afternoon. Oh my God, I will. I will. It's going to be, I, I, I already showered this morning, but I'm already kind of like, Ooh, we were talking about a bath and that sounds really lovely. So I might, I might do a, a bath situation or just lay in the sun. It's like 21 and gorgeous outside. So yeah, I'm going to be laying in the sun. Oh my gosh. It's going to be amazing. Yes. I've decided it's happening. Yes. Bring it on. It's going to be, it's going to be great. This is a great, like over the head clap. The over the head clap. Great. It's the best. It's the best. I feel like I just want a whole bunch of gifts of me doing weird things. Oh, and then I would download them on my phone and that would be the only way that I would communicate. <laughs> oh my God, yes. It's like when you wake up. Yeah. <laughs> the jazz hands, Broadway, I'm awake. <laughs> oh my God. At some, at some point uh, I'll have a team of people. And when I have a team of people, I will, that will be like number one thing on the list make a bunch of gifts of of me doing weird expressions (laughs) yes okay perfect and then let me know where when where i can find them i will i I, you girl you will be the first person i send them to (laughs) i'm like "Mm, bruce i made you something here you go (laughs) okay oh that would be fun now i'm probably gonna spend the rest of the afternoon sitting in the sun thinking of how i can make this possible (laughs) I tried once. It didn't work very well. <laughs> oh, I'm going to ask Sean. Yeah. you be like, hey, do you by any chance do any handy tricks? Can you put along to Lindsay? <laughs> I love it. I will appreciate that so much right. if it happens. Perfect. Oh my goodness. Thank you. This is, Thank you. Oh, so good. I love, I love you. And I love I what you're you doing. And it's oh, I love what you're doing. Thanks. Yeah. You're a freaking warrior. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. That's what happens when people rip your heart open three times. You learn to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yeah, no. This is, oh my God. We've reached the point where I everything is just falling to pieces. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens with me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really I, bad with goodbyes too. So I know. I'm like, no, you, no, you hang up. No, you, no, you hang up. No, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If uh, you were uh, a kid that did not have a cell phone or lived in the days where you actually called people, you know exactly what I'm referring to. Yep, we've all done it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, except for kids these days nowadays but I know oh I wonder if they do that in texting Ooh, I wonder actually maybe they can still relate maybe it's still maybe. no you BRB <laughs> is BRB even a thing anymore I don't know <laughs> like we're just aging ourselves profusely yeah. in this moment which is fine because we're always changing and oh. uh, always and growing you just you brought it right back around you're perfect welcome. mic drop Bam! Thank you for your time. Enjoy Thanks. your afternoon in your bath. Thanks, and friend. I love and, you too. And to everybody listening, I didn't mean to talk over you saying that you love me too. That's okay. I do treasure it. It's like Aww. I felt it right 
great. That's okay. I'm glad you were like to everyone listening. And as I had my hand like over the stop recording button, it's great. Yeah, because I was just about because I was like, oh yeah, this is how I uh, end the <laughs> podcast. I can't forget this part. <laughs> so to everybody listening, just know that wherever you are, Lindsay and I are sitting here loving you. So have a great afternoon, evening, morning, night. We'll be talking to you again soon. Bye. Mm-hmm.